Welcome to the podcast version of Police Science Doctor, the online resource bridging the gap between research and investigative practice. For police personnel who go the extra mile. For academics who want to connect better with investigative practitioners. On YouTube and on policesciencedoctor.com. Well, hello, Police Science Doctor community. This is Suzanne Knabenikol from policesciencedoctor.com, the website where academic research findings in the areas of policing, investigative psychology, forensic psychology, law enforcement research, all that good stuff is translated into something that practitioners can actually access and use. So you'll find videos, podcasts, um, transcripts and snippets on the website, especially if you subscribe to the free Police Science Doctor email list, you actually get those snippets sent to you every week. What are these snippets? Well, today I'm presenting snippet number 54. That means I've been doing it for 54 weeks. I totally forgot to sort of celebrate um, the first anniversary two weeks ago. But anyway, what that is, is I go through academic research papers and new articles that have been published, and I try and find something that could be like a golden nugget of information for practitioners. So it's not about theories, it's not about abstract concepts, it's not about methodologies. It's something that I hope you can use straight away, or I hope you can start thinking about straight away and applying it to something that you're perhaps working on or something that you've experienced or something that you want to keep in mind for whenever it does come up in the future. So it's practical and usable basically and accessible. So in the email that I send out, there's always the link to the original article. It's not my research that I'm pushing onto you. It's uh, it's just something that I'm sharing as as a, as a service, so to speak, because I think it, it needs to be done by someone. And uh, it's got the link to the original article. Many of them will behind, be behind the subscription wall because at the moment, even though universities are funded by public monies, for some reason, academic research is still often um, behind a paywall by publishers. It's interesting because the uh, the authors of the research don't get paid. Um, but in, anyway, I'm not going to get into that. But I do like open access articles. We should have many more of them. So the three simples I'm presenting this evening or today, are the first one is about audio quality and witness credibility. So witness evidence presented in court in low audio quality is rated as less credible, less reliable, and less trustworthy than if it were presented in high quality audio. So this is obviously when the witness is not actually physically in the courtroom, but is either, I guess, being streamed um, from a different location live or is, is a pre-recorded um, piece of footage. So if that's something to consider if you're working on this case, that if you're presenting footage that that is low in audio quality and people are very much um and very much unwilling to accept low audio quality so i know that from you know publishing video uh, videos and, uh, and podcasts that if the audio quality is low we're much less tolerant of that than if the video quality is bad okay so and in a courtroom this is important because if the witness statement or the witness evidence is presented in low audio quality it really diminishes how that um, footage is received and the credibility even. So that's very important. Try and make sure as the investigator, the, as the investigating team, that whatever you present to the court is of good quality in terms of the, the audio recording. The second snippet for today is about when police officers have body-worn footage, body-worn video footage that they recorded on their body-worn videos, and they want to write a statement or report about something that they experienced, and the question is, should I write write what I remember first and complete my statement that way? And then you look look at the footage after that, after I've written it, to see if there's any more detail I can add. Or should I watch the, the footage back first and then write my statement, having watched everything? 
So some people looked into that and what they suggest is if body-worn video footage is to be used to assist an officer in writing a report or statement, it should be reviewed after the statement has been drafted. Okay, so download all your memory first, write it, and then watch the footage is what they're saying. That way, the risk of omitting off-camera details is minimized and the full memory has already been captured in writing with the footage review potentially providing additional details. So they were saying that if you watch the footage first you and, and then write, you might forget or leave out other things that you that you would usually remember and write down that were not seen on the footage. So some details might be omitted. So I thought that was interesting. Um, I haven't I haven't heard of any research done in that area before. So hopefully this will be useful for some of you. And the last police science snippet for this week is about juveniles' perception of risk of detection. Okay, so this is um, youths basically how um, how as how risky do they see committing offences. Many juvenile offences remain undetected by police, causing inexperienced offenders to fear detection more than those with more experience. So at the, at the beginning of their criminal careers, they're quite worried about getting caught. But as they continue offending and they're not getting caught with more experience, they, risk, they rate the risk of getting caught much lower than they did at the beginning of those careers or than they did um, than others who are at the beginning of their criminal careers. With more offending, their perceived risk of getting caught drops. However, if they stop committing crimes, they revert back to overestimating the risk of this detection. So if they take a break, their risk assessment goes higher again. So um, I thought that was quite interesting as well. I hope you find this useful. And uh, as usual, if you're on the Police Science Doctor email list, you actually get them emails to you for free every week. You can join that list for free. Just go to policesciencedr.com and leave your details in the form that pops up or is at the bottom of every page. And you also get the link to the original research. Um, let me know if you've got any research yourself that you've come across or that you've generated and you think it's practical and you would you would want to see if it could be included in this um, weekly roundup, then please just send it to me at contact at policesciencedr.com. And um, you can contact me on the social media, social media platforms as well. I'm always looking for um, practical research. It's actually very difficult to find three such snippets for you guys every week. So I appreciate it if you want to get involved and if you can send some research my way. And um, I hope you have a good week. Thank you for watching. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found this content useful. You can get access to each episode's transcript with key learning points, timestamps and references if you get yourself onto my mailing list. Just go to the main website on policesciencedoctor.com and on the bottom of each page you will find a sign-up form for notifications of new content. Just enter your first name, your preferred email address and the type of organization you work for. You will not get any spam. This is just for me to let you know about new content and for you to get access to all the transcripts. Thank you.